Hello, my name is Jonathan Larkin. Tonight I'm joined by Christopher Brown. Say hello, hello. Christopher. Hello, Christopher. I'm joined by Andrew Roberts. Say hello, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. And this is Sleazy Queens. I feel so sleazy. Welcome to tonight's, tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to it. Um, probably, you're probably listening to it at 3am because you've got insomnia. and you, it's, either, <laughs> it's either this or another cry wank. That's uh, fine as well, though. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, don't, I definitely do no. not want to dismiss cry wank at this stage. No, I mean, cry wank whilst listening to us, by all means. You might want to. <laughs> you might want to. Only, I, I insist on it for my podcast now. <laughs> only... Only, but not not smile wanking, only cry wanking. <laughs> tell me, tell me more about the Italian crime dramas, Christopher. <laughs> cry wank. So, um, cry wank kind of sums up what we're going to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm going to leave the main intro to you, Chris, because this was oh, all okay. your your fault. I mean, sorry, your idea. Oh yeah, um, no, absolutely. To cover this film, so please tell us what we're talking about tonight. Okay, so tonight, friends, we're talking about The Seducers from 1969, better known as Top Seduction or Swinging Young Seductresses wow. from from Italy, a, 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 a mixture of eroticism, uh, a yacht, a goat, yes, um, very shiny uh, bikinis. And um, the 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 shittest twist of any film I think I've seen in quite some time. The, the shift <laughs> the shift in tone was the one thing of the film that quite impressed me. But I didn't. Was there a twist? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no! Oh, right, okay, so right, that's so. There's like there's a thing about this movie. So there's like loads of different versions of this film because obviously yeah. what's happened is people with some money went onto a yacht went to Croatia, took God knows what and got ballooned for a period of time, then came back with a film. And that, that film was... Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and that wow. film was not access... Like, just unacceptable for huge proportions of the population in 1960. It came out too early. If it was 79, I think no one would have battered an eyelid. But at 69, it was a bit too much. Um, so, so, yeah, so there's, like, loads of different versions of the film. So I so the film the version because I, I rewatched it today and I think 
what the version you saw was like the camera obscura, like the most the nicest print of it. So okay. there's a there's a shame, shameless did a version which has more stuff in it as well. So it's like a little bit longer. There's just just more of the same thing. You, you're not missing any of the story. Right. Um, but what I was getting to was there's a the, the, this, incredibly there's an ending which is different, which is like a TV movie version, as if you, you know, because obviously. I, I, not uh, the thing that surprised me the most about the fact is yeah it's for the fuck yeah because I'm just going you know what we can totally sell this for TV this is fine, um, which kind of like reiterates the end so it's like as if you weren't properly paying attention or maybe you've got a bit maybe a bit bored by the end which to be fair it's quite possible um, right. yeah. that they they kind of like they reiterated the twist at the end to a point that the 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 the, 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 the killer keeps on going. I hate them all. I hate them I, all. I, I, hate, them I all. hate them. I hate them. I hate them all. I hate them. So, so full disclosure here. I have watched the Shameless version because I've got it on DVD. Oh, good stuff. So I didn't realize I had it, um, and I had it. So I've watched the Shameless version, which which comes with the alternate ending yeah, yeah. as an expert. So, I've, so I've had the pleasure. I've had the dubious pleasure of seeing that version. Good stuff. I mean, there's a little bit more goat. There's a bit more of a threesome, and then it has yeah. that additional ending if you wish to watch it. So it's not like you, you, you've not missed too much, Andy, to be fair. There's a featurette as well, which I planned to watch before tonight, but then forgot. Oh, no, that, 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 was, that, that was my <laughs> afternoon. That was my afternoon. I have seen it now. Right. Um, uh, okay. There's like, the, which is where we can realize exactly how it. it, it I, there's a lot. It, it's just this interview. There's a couple of interviews with uh, the person who played uh, Paula and the guy who plays the husband, which I can't remember the name of at the moment. And yeah. they um, they just kind of go through it a little bit. They, there's not there's not massive. The, he, he kind of turns around and goes, "Oh yeah, she was lovely. Ah, uh, well, you know, we were all on the boat for like an incredibly long period of time. That kind of stuff. Yeah. There's not too, yeah. too much. But they do explain how they did the goat stuff as well, which is for the best. To be fair, I felt a bit, <laughs> a bit calm. I felt a bit calm after that. Oh gosh, what did you make of the goat stuff, Andy? See, it's it's weird because we, obviously we were talking about this film obviously before we watched it, and there was a mention of the goat, and I was just like, "What's all this about goats?" And I think what you said to me was, "You'll see." <laughs> so it it was um, so I I assumed it was going to be something sexual because for some reason the films that we tend to watch always end up with some you know new method of animal husbandry on it for some reason that's a nice way of putting it yeah. you, know <laughs> so, you should change the name of the podcast to a new method of animal husbandry <laughs> <laughs> so it's so i was expecting it but actually when it was when it was on screen it actually it was a lot more playful i think than i was imagining it to be yeah. i think probably you know um edwige fennec her being involved was probably something to do with it i don't think she really wanted to actually get get too frisky with a beast should we say it was quite humorous and it was it it reminded me of something from like um like an adult Grimm's fairy tale movie you know where it's like it's just like a bit of an innocent frolic with it with an animal rather than rather than something like um island of death which came afterwards which well that's yeah yeah, yeah. so which, when, which when was very mentioned... similar to this film actually there's a lot of elements from this film that sort of ended up in there but it's not like actual goat sex shall we say yeah. so i mean i was thankful for that but it, yeah i i thought it was quite humorous let's put it that way there's no elements of there's no real elements of a goat being like raped or anything in this film, oh no absolutely not it's just well, no, of... no, hang on, whoa, whoa. no one's asked the goat 
No, 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 this is true. This is true. Um, but there was sort of a soft, soft playfulness to the whole scene. I thought that there was. Kind of, that kind of disarmed it for me, so I just sort of giggled throughout. It, it, and... it reminded me of when you see a random clip on You've Been Framed, and, you know, there's, like, a dog that gets a little bit too friendly with, like, someone's legs or groin and just yeah. doesn't leave it alone. And so, in the end, like, the person just puts up with it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. that, except there's just the added sleaze of there's a photographer there that wants to snap the occasion, pretty much. Yeah. It felt, yeah, it felt like an extended You've Been Framed submission. <laughs> As per usual, we have jumped straight to the... Uh, the um, bestiality element of the film because we just couldn't wait to get there. So, so I'll, do is, I'll just very quickly give give a quick summation of the plot. So the plot, as it uh, you know, as it stands, if you could call it that, is um, it's about a group of rich, debauched people on a yacht, and they are led by Moody, who is Moody by name and Moody by nature, <laughs> um, and she has a son who is sort of a bit psychotic, he's not all there and um, I'm sure if you were in the 60s or 70s you'd say he was a retard, but I would say that because it's 2021 so he's definitely not a retard <laughs> so his name is Tony and Moody basically thinks that if Tony loses his virginity it will sort of snap him out of it and he'll be like normal and she won't be ashamed of him so they've employed a, a uh, sort of weird nanny au pair type person called Ula played by the wonderful Edwige Schwenner to to do that so she's there to deflower tony meanwhile ship's captain um aldo is there with his wife paula and but they're sort of planning to do something to do with oil which i do not understand remotely so i was going to ask you about that chris yeah so they're, they're there with the plot of their own but then they suddenly get stranded at a desert island and then things happen with goats with a goat farmer and a young goat farmer's wife called Baber, who's played by Eva Thulin. And it all ends up in lesbian three ways, incest, and even murder. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. High um, drama. So, so this thing with the oil, what the hell is going on? Oil concessions, I don't understand. Uh, no, it's not that exciting. I think um, basically Moody's um, got the keys to the kingdom from, like, um, have you seen Succession? You know, that one on Sky. With um, oh, what's his face? No. Um, oh no, there's a TV program at the moment. It's good. It's good. You should watch it. Um, and it's got uh, Ultima, but it, there's, there's loads of famous people in, including the uh, the younger Culkin. Um, okay. And um, and that's all like a family that's really like linchpinned by like a Murdoch media character. So the father, the head of the family, is like this kind of grim patriarch. Yeah. And um, it feels a bit like that, but not as funny or as in- intense as that. So, like, Moody's very much kind of pulling the strings on this family. Mm. And has obviously done incredibly awful things in a time, including giving a child LSD, um, which is alluded to at one point, um, yeah. which is why Tony is the, the, the way, way he is, he is yeah. apparently. Um, so um, I think the idea is that she's got all this cash and they're like basically trying to unlock the money from the mum rather than have to be nice to her all the time. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of it. But obviously she's very keen for them to still be on the leash. So that, I think that, 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 that's kind of it. And obviously, you know, th- these are very complicated, not very complicated, very grim, complicated relationships between her and her, her the, the, the children. Including- oh, so 
So is um, is Aldo Moody's son as well? I thought Aldo was. Um, yeah, I thought that. I might um, be wrong. I might be wrong here. Please, I was going to say, please write in. Please don't write in. I don't care. But um, my <laughs> my assumption was this was a um, a, a grim family dynamic. Ah, uh, right, because that would make more sense. Because basically, um, when I first put the film on, the English audio was so bad that we couldn't actually understand what they were saying. So we had to flip yes. to Italian with subtitles. So something could have been lost when I was flicking. Yeah, so like, um, I don't think it's properly explained, but also um, the um, the if, if you're talking about that shameless release, it's like this incredible hodgepodge of different versions thrown together. So people like people do talk in Italian, then they speak in English, and then Italian and English, and then it goes from like, I wouldn't say particularly great quality, but like decent enough standard definition, and then flicks to yeah, really horrible bootleg. Um, yeah video and then we were talking about the alternative ending which has clearly been recorded off the tv and they've kind of like pixelated the the tv logo and all this mad shit's being got is it so yeah. it it's hard it, it is hard to follow generally what's going on regardless yeah. of the fact that it's it's completely being thrown together absolutely yeah. being thrown together as well right okay i see um so there's a very strange opening isn't there with dynamite Explosion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure, doesn't it? Don't they? Don't they explain that it's turning them on, like sexually? This, this, this stock footage of sea explosions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that they're like, oh, this turns me on. Does it turn you on? Oh, yes. You know, like it, it's just dynamite yeah. being thrown into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe the maybe this weird family dynamic is a thing, and maybe that's why they're so weird. But I didn't even get that impression though from when I watched it. I thought that Aldo and Paula were just like a sort of like a Staff. bit of a bit of a swingers married couple that like Moody had brought along for the ride. Yeah, you know? it might be that might be true. To be fair, I might be creating my own because particular it's... fantasies of what's based in it. <laughs> I, I well, got that impression that's... because obviously she's brought her son along for a deflowering, but Moody's obviously clearly um, a bit of a kind of swinger herself and will sleep with anything. So I think I got the impression that this was like her version of saying, well, I'm going to bring my son along to deflower him like through someone else, but I don't want to just be sitting there and like getting bored. So I'll just yeah. bring this bawdy couple who will just like entertain me. And I think she, like she shags both Yeah, she shags everyone. She does. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I'm... But that does, still doesn't mean that she's not their mum. You know, well, no, so... based on what happens near the end, and he, you know, mm-hmm. the, the arm goes around. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I think you are right. Maybe they're not related. I, don't... I think this is awful because, I mean, literally watched this today and I'm already kind of creating mad, incestuous relationships in there that don't exist. <laughs> Blame lockdown, Chris. Blame lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably true. Moody has severe lesbian hair, and um, <laughs> she smokes. She smokes a very interesting pipe, as well at the beginning of the film. And she sort of likes to sit there on her bed smoking a pipe, whilst listening to bizarre erotic poetry, whilst making Paula kiss her feet. Um, you know yeah. that's it's a way to set the scene. It's a really good way to set the scene. So she basically explains to us, doesn't she, that Tony is twenty, but he has the mind of a child. Hmm. Uh, and they think that if they awaken his sexuality, he'll just sort of snap out of it. And that's what Ulla is there for. So Edwige Fennec is, I mean, this is not news to anyone, but she's an absolute stunner, isn't she? Hmm. She's just 
Like yeah. when she t- when she got topless, I was like, oh my god, am I still gay? Yeah. <laughs> um, Moody was quite rude just, about yeah. it though, wasn't she? Because I think there's a bit where she's watching her on the camera, and obviously Tony's just not interested. But she says, "Why does yeah. she keep sitting there like a chicken?" Like a chicken, thought, yeah. What, 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 what about a chicken is like still or like uninterested? <laughs> you know, like yeah. chickens are not that way at all. I know. I think there might have been a couple of things that were um, lost in translation. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I thought uh, I've made a note here saying Tony's quite cute despite his retarded arsonist ways. <laughs> <laughs> He loves the scale um, tricks, though, so, you know, he can't... He does, he does, he does. I was very taken with Paola's PVC knickers. <laughs> yes, 100% behind the red PVC knickers. And um, the scene where... Um, pa- so, Paola and Ula basically get up on on, bo- on top, on deck, whilst the boat is stranded and stuck in this bay, and they start sort of rubbing some, some tan lotion on each other's tits, mm. whilst there's someone spying on them from the from the island. I just thought that was aspirational behaviour. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I know she was yeah. like legitimately disappointed, wasn't she? When when um, Aldo comes out and basically shouts to him and like scares him off, and she's like, you know, yeah. oh, we were giving him a show then. You know, like, why did why did yeah. you have to ruin it? Exactly. Totally. And um, Tony has had enough, and he runs off, doesn't he? So how does he get to the island? Does that mess something there as well? Because they just sort of blinked, and he was on the island. I think it's implied that he um, did he steal the boat or something that they had, right? Because I'm pretty sure doesn't um, someone say that like, the boat's missing and it's just like you need to chase after him then now. That's or something it, yeah. Like that. uh, yeah, I, yeah. It might yeah. be that, or the, he might have just swam back because I'm pretty sure he swims back later, and the only reference to the fact that he might have swam back is the fact his hair's a bit wet, like his, <laughs> his clothes aren't. So. I, I don't understand exactly how they've got off the boat and then onto the island, but I, there must be a boat at some, you know, some smaller boat. Yeah. So Tony's run off, he's on the island, and he he he, uh, he comes to Cropper, doesn't he? Falls down a hill and he gets rescued by Farmville Baber, mm. who's out walking. Here goes. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I don't know if it's the same goat now. It's like a, it's sort of a little tiny goat, isn't it? That that is the start of the most famous scene. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's actually a, a child goat as well. So that's really uncomfortable. So that goat goes off and um, and Ula and Aldo are, are on the island looking for Tony when they come across the goat. Um, she literally comes across the goat. And um, hmm. so this is the bit where, so once, so basically they sort of cajole the goat. Don't they? She is Aldo take, he's doing like a little impromptu photo shoot, isn't he, with, with he is, Ula yeah. the goat. When the goat shows up, and then is he? He's a bit like, oh, get the goat involved. That'll sell some extra photographs. Mm. Um, yeah, because yeah. that's what we know about um, erotic photography, isn't it? Traditionally, yeah. Mm. Well, um, so at this point, I remember looking to Ben, and Ben was like, "No," and I said, "Well, I don't think Edwige is that kind of girl," but it turns out she was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's like a bit of a. A uh, bit of an extended scene here, isn't it? Of like the cajoling the goat, and then suddenly it's like got its head between the legs. It's looking at her breasts. Yeah, um, yeah. I think this is the thing where it's like, um, I don't think they realised what they were doing in terms of when they were making it. Like the, so like I think when they were talking about with uh, Rosalba Neri and she's who plays Paula, and she's saying like yeah. when she rocked up, she saw it as being quite, you know, they, it was just everyone was having fun and it was just funny. So they were on the island, so they'd spend the most of the time on the on the boat, 
because that's basically the entire setting. Everyone's done on the boat. The crew was all on the boat. So they went on the islands and went a bit crazy, like in terms of just that this would be dead. And so they, they did this sh- the scene. They just thought it'd be dead funny. So they lashed some salt between um, oh. <laughs> yeah, between her knees, shall we say? Um, and the, and they go, it's a lot of salt in them. So, and then they, so they filmed it all and thought it it would be like ridiculous. And then when you watch it, you kind of go. That's not ridiculous, is it? That looks relatively believable, which is why it has huge problems with censorship and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, so I think they've kind of fell into a, to, into a situation where they probably thought they were being cleverer than they actually were. Yeah. The, I mean, it does just look like it's heads between the knees, though, for the most part, yes. doesn't it? I mean, but yeah. then it's, it's, but then, so you see that, but then you see like it's intercut with, with images of it to be throwing her head back in, in ecstasy. So yeah. there's no, yeah. there's not really any way around what they're trying to t- tell you with the scene. After they've done goat shagging porn, they uh, they carry on to the look of for Tony. Mm-hmm. But we also see that Paula has arrived on the island and she's got a gun. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? She's like, I'm going to shoot some... She was so keen on shooting the goats. Like, yeah. massively keen. Yeah. Like, not yeah. even just like, oh, you know what? I've always wanted to shoot a goat. She's like... I want to massacre. There's far, only five goats. Five of them. I want to kill all the fuckers. Another I want to take this. I want to take this goat farmer's livelihood away from him. That would make it hotter. That's she had where like, her head like was. Proper, proper hunting outfit as well, didn't she? Oh yeah, she's like, ready to rock. Yeah, she didn't even. She actually got changed like after swimming to the island into like a hunting outfit. Like just specifically <laughs> to shoot these goats, which aren't even attempting anything. You know, they're just sitting there like like goats. Would goats. Do. So it's they're not even they're not even going up a hill. No. Just... Well, that's that's the film's kind of attempt, isn't it? At some sort of commentary on real life. So you've got the debauched rich people from the yacht who just come come to this island where people are getting on with their lives. They haven't got any money. They're just like simple goat farmers. But she comes over for fun just to shoot the goats and and Edwige comes over just to shag the goats. Um so it's like it's like these these um you know morally bankrupt rich people versus the poor simple peasants. I think that's kind of what the Yeah the and the when the complaint comes yeah, the, when the complaint comes down, they completely try and buy the way out of it, don't they? So the guy's like, "Why well, are you trying to? K- you can't kill me, goats. This is my property." And she's like, "Oh," well, and they, they literally throw money and booze at him to kind of yeah, keep him shut yeah. Down. <laughs> the minute they do that, he's like, "Oh, great, kill all my goats." <laughs> yeah, yeah, five five hundred go mad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "Was it? I didn't like them anywhere. I only keep them because my wife likes them." <laughs> it's just like- yeah. yeah, I know. So one of the most shocking moments of this film was when I realised that Bieber is meant to be the goat farmer's wife, not his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to get a whole storyline where, you know, he was like, you're shagging my daughter, but no, it's his wife, um, which is tr- troubling. And uh, there's a bit where Aldo 
Uh, did you notice Salto talking to Bieber telling her that the yacht was built in Liverpool? Yes, I yes. did notice that. I, yeah, I, very I, well made as well. Yeah. yeah. I think he probably means Birkenhead, but, you know. Yeah. Did you <laughs> did you also hear that you know when um when Baber like rescues Tony because he get, gets like a he gets duffed up a bit doesn't he when he falls over and she suggests putting vinegar on the wounds <laughs> and I was just like is that actually a thing I thought that was literally just a part of like Jack and Jill like the nursery rhyme I was like did did people actually put vinegar on wounds feels oh. like that probably wouldn't be very pleasant no well that's yeah, what I'm saying like because alkaline. Because he doesn't even like react. If, if someone put vinegar on my wounds, I'd have to slap him across the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, peasant girl Bieber ends up on the boat, doesn't she? Well, she's technically kidnapped, isn't she? Because she's kind of like ushered against her will, really. She doesn't want to go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you've got to get technical about it, aren't you? <laughs> well, she is. She's, she's sort she's of kidnapped. <laughs> She said, well, she said just wanting to look after her bloody animals, you know, and it's just yeah. like, oh, come with us, you know, I don't, don't know who yeah. you are. Yeah. Uh, well, she's play, she's sort of treated like a plaything, isn't she? So they play with champagne and they think, oh, she'll be really great for taking, because they see that Tony's taken with her, so they think, oh, she'll be great for taking his virginity. Hmm. Um, so innocent Tony just wants to sort of be with her without the pressure of his sinister mum being around, but they're like, in there to spoil all that. Mm. So they end up um so she randomly goes for a swim. She jumps off the boat, goes for a swim, and then gets back on the boat all wet. So Ula and Paula decide to take her downstairs, take her below deck and strip her off. Um, <laughs> um, um, they oil her up as well and they say it makes your skin soft and takes away the smell of goats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You know so, what? so they've kidnapped her, they've stripped her. <laughs> Slathered her in oil and caked her in makeup. (laughs) So this brilliant, brilliant moment, I think, which was hilarious, where they're putting the makeup on her face, but each time they add another bit of makeup, they spin her. (laughs) Yes. She's like a little twirl, and then they add a little bit more, then another twirl, then they add a little bit. It's like a little dance. It's so weird. It was like a really, it was like a prototype version of Stars in Their Eyes, you know, where they kind of... (laughs) You know, when they go in, you know, they go in, and it looks like it's instant, but actually, it's been hours, and they've had all their costume put on. I thought you were going to say Neon Demon or something. Oh no! <laughs> it's, it's a prototype stars in their eyes before it was a thing. Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be raped by a lesbian. <laughs> um, so um, basically, uh, so poor Biba, um, she's sort of drawn into this weird three-way with the girls. Um, and you're like, are they liberating her or are they corrupting her? Either way, they're licking their knees a lot. Uh, <laughs> there was a there like, was a, a lot a lot of attention on the knees, and you know, yeah, you can imagine yeah. why she reacted so like strangely, like oh, you know, like what are you doing <laughs> to the knees? Yeah, maybe the, yeah. I mean, it's similar to the goat, really, wasn't it? The, that job was just licking her knees as well. Maybe there's, there's a whole knee fetish thing going on. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I did notice they kept using the close-up of the fold of skin under the knees or in the the crook of the elbow to sort of look a little bit like a fanny. I thought <laughs> I thought that's that was what they were trying to do with that. Take off that wet slip. Oh, you mustn't be naughty. We do it. Look, I'm tanned all over. Even my eyelids. How about not me? I never tan. Oh, must be so unladylike, Ula. More modesty, please. At least put on your bra now. Huh? 
What a lovely body. You should be proud to show it off, Viva. We'll show you how to do it. A little makeup first. No, no. Oh, it'll be all right. You'll see. Ula, some cream. We'll begin as always with the papaya. Mm -hmm. What's that for? Here, take some. It softens your skin while it takes away Please, that I don't ghost. think I should. I... Isn't that nice? Mm -hmm. Don't be worried. So they're moody, spots what's going on, and sort of rescues her or spoils, the, spoils her fun, whichever way you want to look at her. And then it sort of takes Bieber and throws him into Tony's room where they randomly listen to his collection of sound effects. Hmm. It's, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way around it. Of, of all this really weird film, the bit where she's desperately trying to make something of it. Oh, listen, here's some sound of rain. And then it would just cycle through stuff is odd. Just really, really odd. I don't know what how the... Obviously, Baber's clearly Swedish rather than from wherever they're pretending that she's from. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I just couldn't imagine a situation where you're sitting there... You've already been assaulted, and and you are sitting there with some person who's clearly got got issues, and he goes, "I'm just going to play my uh, my my BBC stereophonic um, soundtrack album. Hope that's okay. Of course it is. This is great." That's a thing between a scale electric toy cars and a sound effect. It's no wonder he's still a virgin. It's it's a weird um, it's a weird scene a, mostly because they they also like Baba seems to have like, like some slight connection with him like she kind of finds him a bit interesting I mean she's clearly not completely thingy with him like um she's not taken by him or anything but there's like a yeah. sort of like a like a pity almost like a maternal part of it that's a bit like you know I'm just happy to just sit with you because you clearly like my company. See, I was gonna, I was gonna afford this film some credit because <laughs> I was thinking how it sort of leads you down garden paths and 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 then surprises you with the way with the, the tw twists it takes. So, and this is one of them where you're like, oh, so they're actually gonna get on, <clears throat> and then you do start to think, oh, is she gonna be his savior? Are they gonna run off together? Um, you know, are they gonna go off and he's gonna have this this innocent life away from his divorced mother? living on a goat farm and, and he's going to be really happy with this young girl. Is this what's going to happen? But then obviously the, the thing that happens is totally different. Mm. But ha having heard some details from Chris, by the way it was made, I think it was probably just an accident. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I just don't think, I mean, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but the way they, the way they talk about the way it was made, it did feel like they all went on to a yacht Went into went somewhere sunny, got fucked up, and then made this film. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was you know, and what a wonderful time we had. But beyond that, you know, yeah, not yeah. Much else. So the plan hits a snag when Baber's husband Andrew shows up. Um, so Paula decides that she will seduce him whilst the others watch, mm. just to keep him away from his daughter who's below deck. Tony listening to a sound effect, and uh, I, I thought yeah, there was sort of a childish sense of naughty fun. About the whole thing, yeah. so you can't really hate, you can't really hate them for being exploitative predators too much. Um, <laughs> I love the I love the line where it's uh, where there's someone asks uh, where, where is Andrew and someone just says he's at the poop. 
Is that the poo? <laughs> it's just is something that, like, they, it, just, it just had me in stitches there. Like, well, they mentioned the poop tap a few times, so they were like a little giggle. Yeah, but they just um, say poop in like the, the Italian version, because <laughs> that's yeah. how it's translated. He's at the poop. He's at the poop. Bloody hell. <laughs> Maybe to be an anal. Um, <laughs> um, so, Andro then, basically, he gets he gets wind of what's going on, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And... Uh, they drag, so she's dragged, Baber's dragged up up above deck and her and Andrew end up getting into a bit of a fight where he's like slapping her around, but then she starts to start attacking him too. And you're like, go ahead, girl. Yeah. Um, and there's a great line where he says that she looks like a whore and a ballerina. <laughs> the perfect combination. On, yeah, that was on the subtitle version. He says, you look like a whore, like a ballerina. <sighs> Not, not sure, quite sure how to take that. Really, <laughs> like you look like a whore, isn't? It, but isn't she in some like? What's she even wearing at that point? Like, well, the thing is, they haven't even like. You, you think that they're gonna like dress it up fancy, but oh, basically all they've done is give it an updo, put some eyeliner on it, and put like an oversized ugly jumper on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because I don't, I don't think she was particularly sluttish looking. No. I mean, she was, she was a bit unkempt, but it's not quite. Yeah, you know, there's a far. There's a far distance between unkempt and sluttish, you know. So it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends what you you know. It all depends, doesn't it? Well, it depends, it depends on your environment. But if you're in a <laughs> on a practically deserted island on a rich person's yacht, you're not particularly slutty. If you know, like <laughs> if, if they'd put her in like the PVC bikini, you could probably have a case for you know calling her. A, well, maybe a maybe he, maybe he's just such a peasant that the the mere thought of her wearing eyeliner makes her a slut. Possibly, yeah. possibly, because but, but but he's a massive hypocrite anyway, isn't he? Because because <laughs> he really oh yeah, there's a lot of yeah, he really gets into the a... whole seduction from Paula and which like, yeah, and Moody's kind of recorded the whole thing, hasn't she? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I don't him up like a kipper to be fair, but there's yeah. a lot of hypocrisy between the two in terms of finger pointing. Hmm. Um. The rich folk, uh, there's a good, there's a great bit, you know, with the fighting where so Andrew and ba- a baby end up attacking each other with a belt, and then for the moment, um, the boaties basically sit back and watch, like it's like watching a play. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. That was really funny. Like sort of Jeremy Jeremy Kyle on location. Well, that's it. Yes, yeah, Jeremy Kyle in the sun, isn't it? Yeah. Do, do you know the bit where obviously um, Andrew starts attacking um, Baber for for, yeah. for for being a slut, basically, and um, <laughs> Moody basically starts the fight by uh, recording or, or like playing a recording that she's done of it. Well, yeah. there was a there was a really throwaway Ray line that I noted like dead early on in the film where Moody's talking about that particular device and saying, "What's it for? Is it for calling bitches?" <laughs> Did you ever <laughs> catch that? No. <laughs> yeah, it's just, she's just like, what's the radio for? Calling bitches. And she's like, there's enough bitches on the boat. That's great. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, it's almost like that was like Chekhov's gun, <laughs> like for this scene. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> like, like, that's what this radio is for. It's for recording like, some licentious husband's like musings <laughs> and playing Gone it off. a fight, I know. <laughs> that's crazy. It's gone off by the end of the third act, this radio. <laughs> There's a really nice scene after this where Moody sort of takes Bieber under her wing and she gives her a sort of good talk to her about how to deal with men who treat you like shit. Mm. There, was a bit of a, then... there was a bit of a romantic thing going on, though, wasn't it? Like Because her, her voice fades out after a while and 
Baber's just kind of staring all doe-eyed at her, and it's, it's a bit like, uh, is she kind of falling for Moody now because of her, like, good advice? Like, did you guys notice mm-hmm. that? I thought that the fade out. I thought the fade out was to reflect Baby just sort of sort of zoning out of it all and not caring anymore. Um, but it could be a romantic thing. Maybe you're just a romantic at heart. Or, or maybe I just thought that everyone in this movie just wanted to fuck each other subliminally. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. not even subliminally, mate. Well, to be well, fairly. Yeah, it's well, quite quite literally yeah. and actually. <laughs> so, so after this touching scene, she delivers. Poor, poor baby back into Tony's room whilst the girls keep Andre busy um, upstairs. But then shit gets dark. So this is the big tonal shift. So up until this point, I was kind of half enjoying it and half thinking it's a bit more softcore than the filth I'm used to watching. But this bit made me sort of sit up and take notice. I was like, is this really happening? So basically, um, we could see through the monitor that Tony is sat in his chair. He's sat with a scale electric, and the girl, Baba, is is lying on the bed. But we see that she's actually not moving, and then you realise, oh, my God, Tony's actually killed her. And there's this weird emotional music playing, and Andrew's saying how Baba, uh, since she came on board the boat, the girls have made her see that she's beautiful. So he's talking about, like, you know, she could have this future and all this sort of stuff. And so we see the sex comedy has suddenly become a, a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and what's really funny here as well is I think all of the acting is really good for this, like, five minutes. I mean, the fact that the, for, for, the, for the film that they're in, they're fine throughout. They're all fine. But in this five minutes, none of them play it big. All, they all look, especially Rosalba Neri, who plays Paola, she looks genuinely horrified by what's happened anyway. yeah i think that the whole um the whole thing in terms of when from from when when the murder happens through to the 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 reveal in terms of you know how how it's going to play out you know after the film finishes um it's i think is really good i think even the like the the, the clumsiness with the with the boat and all that kind of stuff and they They've got this great idea, and they think they're being really clever, but it's it, it's fairly clear that they haven't got. A, it, it's a really you know, yes, another really bad idea from a family or a group of people who are incredibly bad at ideas. Um, <laughs> just just kind of comes through. So I think the the, the I, Jen, I, I honestly I think you know, regardless of the fact that we're seventy five minutes into a ninety minute film here, and then it, it it sparks the life into something very different. I think yeah. it does do it very well. Yeah, I thought it did. I was really surprised. Yeah, because um, at that point you've um, you've been lulled into this sense of security that this is basically, even though it's like John said, softcore and a bit less sleazy than probably I thought in my head. But at this point, you the the rug is kind of pulled out from under you because you just thought that this was just going to be a a bit of a cheapo sexploitation type flick, and then you know you don't expect murder and and murder in such a somber way as well because. Like there's no smiles on anyone's faces while this is going on. Yeah. It's all serious, you know. Like this is that they've got someone killed, <laughs> and yeah. it's it's really hard then because you think, well, actually, how's the movie going to carry on now? And obviously, it has to. So it does make you take notice, like quite effectively. Yeah. So um, Powell aspires an opportunity for blackmail, um, and through so here from here on in, again, I didn't mind her throughout the film, but from here on in, I thought. 
she's actually really good. This actress, uh, Rosalba Neri. So she's like a Jess Franco regular, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's in, she's yeah. in lots of his like, prison stuff and all that. Um, but I really liked her. I thought, she first of all, she played being horrified really well. Then she played that sort of the machinations of, um, you know, how oh, I, I, we could turn this to our advantage. And then reveal this has to be a fucking cold, hard bitch. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> and that shot, there's a shot of her stood on top of the deck with a rifle. Yeah, in a bikini, which is just like the girls with guns, iconic image, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it looks yeah. like something you'd see in like a Tarantino movie. Yeah, totally. Um, so they have to kill Andro too, so they haven't got any witnesses. Mm. She's totally cut, cold blooded. Um, and uh, so she, but then, um, everyone's kind of taking it in the strides, except so Edwige Fennec, Ula has these hysterics where she's like rolling on the floor in horror. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like smashing the floor. Well, yeah. isn't it something like she can't stand the fact they have no one's bothered to close their eyes and she's just like, please just yeah. close their please eyes. Close their eyes. Close their eyes. So they've killed the shoes and Oto and um, they decide that they're going to put them into the boat, into the, the, uh, the rowing boat and set it off to sea, but, but put dynamite in there with them and blow them up. Chekhov's dying. Chekhov's dying. Blow those bodies up. Blow those. Again, pens. though, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that just blowing the like because they, they turn around and go, oh, so what we need to do is you kind of anything linked to the boat. Otherwise, if the if they find what will be, you know, two bodies, will be in trouble, and that, that makes sense. So what they do then do is then put them in a boat from their boat. <laughs> and then blow them up with explosives from their boats. And also, it's an it's an explosion at sea, so it will draw attention. <laughs> Nothing for miles. Does this does this also mean, plan? This also mean that Aldo and Paola were turned on by this? Loved uh, it because they must have. I mean, you know, explosions are their thing. You know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so a little random, little random uh, side. Aldo, the guy who plays Aldo, Maurizio Bonulia, he is in the driver's seat, which is a film that Elizabeth Taylor made in the seventies at the mm. height of her, her alcohol addiction, when she, she plays a demented woman driving around Rome looking for men to murder her. Oh. <laughs> she should have rocked up to this boat. Those fucking I know. I know. It's one of John Waters' favorite films. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I just thought I just thought to drop that in there for uh, for our trash fan trash fans who listen. He was um he was in a lot of Jello pictures as well. I think uh, Maurizio Benuglia. He was he was in um, he was, yeah in the Fifth Chord and Perfume of the Lady in Black. And... He was in one that I watched last week. Oh, was he? Uh, what's it called? Um, in the Eye of the Hurricane. Oh, right, okay. With uh, Jean Sorel. He was in that as well. He was I also in one called um, The Weapon, The Hour and The Motive. And oh, nice. The um, thing he was in that one as well, the guy that plays Andro. So they were like together in that movie. Ah, great, great. So, explosion at sea, and then something else weird is about to happen because suddenly, um, so we see Tony and his mum, and he sort of start, he stood behind her and his hands start to move in ways that hands shouldn't move on your mother. Um, mm. And it all, it all gets a little bit Oedipus. 
and uh, a bit sexual. But then suddenly another twist, da, 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 he murders his mum. It was a bit of a strange thing as well because of Moody's reaction too. Like you weren't quite sure where what what exactly was going on, but she seemed like she was grimacing, but also like kind of accepting this from her son, and it was a bit of a weird moment. Because I mean, obviously you'd expect that her to just kind of like throw him away and kind of you know, get away from me, but it's like she was grimacing oh, yeah. and kind of just let it happen. So a bit of a weird weird choice there and you do wonder actually what that really means she was kind of into it what yeah the thing i'm thinking of now is because i remember we were talking about this film um was it yesterday probably john and i was saying that no wonder like the tony's uh, messed up because his mother's just so like debauched in her behavior like you know she's literally just shagging everyone on the boat and yeah. he's not really kind of given any decent like boundaries between her and her son, and especially because she's literally paying someone to deflower him, and it's a bit like yeah. you know it's, it's a weird relationship. And there was a part of me at the end when this happened, and I thought, is it that perhaps she actually took his virginity when he was younger, and that's actually the thing that's messed him up for so long, and oh, he's basically yeah. done all of this to try and basically correct her her abuse of him. And when obviously when he's killed this girl and she kind of thinks it's hopeless, he's actually just never going to sleep with anyone except for me. And that's why she kind of grimaces because she's like, I don't want to do this, but you're my son and you're, you're, this is the only thing that you know. You know, there was all that going through. And I just thought, is that why? So she's messed him up. And now, obviously, now that he's killed, he probably likes the idea of killing now as well. So he's just killed his mum. So... What you're saying is top sensation is a meditation on trauma and abuse. <laughs> well, I just well, from the goat's point of view. I just from the goat's point. I of just view. read it that way because I just thought, well, that makes sense because that that's why the mum is so fucked up. Like she yeah, abused her yeah. son, realized that she's now like doomed him to a life of 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 nothingness. Like he's just permanently stuck in a childlike state, and her attempts to like sort of fix it are just as warped as, like, her original actions. And now she's she's basically, like, uh, consigned herself to the fact that she's messed her son's life up and all he will ever do is lust after her. But obviously now he's old enough and he's learned that he likes the aggression of, like, strangling women. So, you know, he's now done it to her, so now she's dead. So, yeah, it was... It's a, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a rite of passage tale. <laughs> that moment... <laughs> That moment in our lives that where we all realise that it's great to strangle women. Yeah. Well, I remember I remember reading something on um was it Don't Torture a Duckling? And um the, the there's a reason why like the killer in that film like strangles like the, the young boys. And it's because they often say that, you know, strangling is probably the most sexual way to kill somebody because 
you have ultimate control over them. You have to touch them, yeah. and you often yeah, look yeah. into their eyes as you do it. So it oh, might wow. be one of those things where it is, like you said, it's quite Oedipal and quite quite yeah. sexual from the get go. So, but I don't know. I mean, I just I think it's because of the way that she reacted because she grimaced, which is normal. But then she kind of just doesn't think to push him away, and it's like, okay, yeah. that's a bit weird. Yeah, I think um, I, I think nobody in this film comes off well. I think. Basically, it's saying that if you're rich and debauched, then you must be a pervert and a predator. And it's saying if you're poor, then you're a victim and you're stupid and thick, basically, and you're there to be exploited. So I feel like it's one of those films where whichever side of the fence you come down on, it's you're not going to come off. You're not going to come out of it well. No. You know, you can't really root for anyone here, can you? Because they're all kind of grotesque in their own way. Yeah, I think the only one who's got a bit of innocence about it is possibly um Baba. Um but obviously she's just she just becomes a victim basically. Yeah. Um so yeah so he kills his mum and then you've got you've got the three up front, you've got Aldo, Paula and Ula who they've they've roped Ula into sort of joining them, keeping quiet and they'll share the money with her. Mm. Um, that they're gonna get out of Moody and they're all planning, you know, we're gonna go and do this, we're gonna to go to this beach and we're gonna this life's gonna be great. And then meanwhile, you've got Tony at the wheel of the boat and he's like, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. And then we the last shot is he steers the boat off in a different direction. Mm. So we know that they're gonna be the next to fall at his uh uh be strangled by. I think is that that's how I interpreted the ending. Yeah, I think it's um, an indicator that he's gonna yeah. Cool. I think cool. I think I'd be disappointed yeah, yeah. if that's the way it didn't go. To be honest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'd be really disappointed if it was just like you know the director intended the, for them to live somehow. Just like well, actually, probably just best if you all just die because then it's like yeah. it's it's then like a proper tragedy, you know, like a proper classic tragedy sort of plot. <laughs> you know, it's like very, also, very Shakespearean. That... Everyone ends up dead, and someone shagged their mom. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's also sort of that sort of Catholic Italian thing as well, isn't it? Is if if you are if you are someone who's a sexual deviant, then you're going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so that's yeah. Oh, so, of course, yeah, my... of course, because it's like they're she- cause it's shepherds. It's very biblical, isn't it? Oh yes, they're on an right. island and it's shepherds, and yeah. you know they killed them. Yeah, it's like they killed Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is not how that story works, you know, mate. <laughs> we somehow... Who shags the goat in the Bible? <laughs> oh, you know, goat, goat fucker Paul. You remember that's the story, the, the ah, parable. Right. The parable that's... of goat fucker Paul. Goat fucker Paul. <laughs> <laughs> is that old or new testament? I feel like we've, um, we've kind of... <laughs> we've kind of just shoved whatever we thought into this film when probably like Chris said they've, I they've pro- they just had a gay old time on holiday didn't they really yeah they've had a lovely time and I've, 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 I've created additional incestuous subplots in my head and I don't think it needs that level of perversion I think it's already there but you know hey, yeah. yeah well but yeah um, but I do like it when we we, uh, we improve a film <laughs> 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 it's just to justify us watching it, really, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's to, to soothe and mollify our own egos. <laughs> yeah. Completely waste 90 minutes of our life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, but now I enjoyed it. I thought I'm, I'm really glad that I've seen it. I'd like to see more of Edwige Fenwick's, 
um, non-Jallo work as well. So I'm glad that I watched it for that reason, really. Mm. Uh, I thought it was great. It was great fun. So thank you for this uh, selection, Chris. It's all right. I, I realised after I chose it that um, it also includes a, 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 a slight free fare in terms of Octavio Alessi, who's the writer-director, also did Emmanuel in America. So we can... Uh, and a uh, Manny in Bangkok as well. So there is a, a black Emmanuel... Um, oh, so to tea. So as a screenwriter for those two. So yeah, so wow. um, so we can pretend that it was all it was all planned, and my you know the curtains opened. I go, oh no, I planned all this. It wasn't just because I remember a film with somebody fucking a goat in it. It's fine. So he went on to write a film with someone walking off a horse. Yes, yeah. yes, he's got form. I think is what did say if it was a police drama. And if you think about some of the other themes that Emmanuel in America as well, like the whole combination of sex and death. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, certainly it's probably the reason why it has uh, the reputation it does in terms of top sensation that it's, um, you know, because it feels like it should be like a kind of, I mean, indeed, you know, it's normally, it it has in the past been sold. I think it's just been kind of like a fluffy um, sex comedy when in actual fact it's, there's just so much going on with it and it's a bit confused and it's Mm. complicated but not in a complicated way you know what I mean well actually that's another link that's another parallel with the manual in America where you've got an hour an hour of sex and fun and then suddenly whoa this just got really bad (laughs) why are you killing it for me yeah I mean the bestiality was fine but (laughs) (laughs) you know what when you talk about it structurally it is there isn't it it is all the same and it's it, the same, only Emmanuel America was better. Well, was better. it makes sense as well, because one of the writers, um, Lorenzo Ricciardi, um, was one of the crew members on um, Mondo movies, like especially Savage uh, Man and Savage Beast, which is like a really, really bad one. He, but, um, they, got the, they, they got the animals to do what they wanted to. Well, and that well that's as well. what I'm saying. So it feels like it was probably part of that whole spirit of like just going to a location, shooting as much footage as you wanted. And just fi- like figuring out the story later, because that's what Mondo movies are very patchwork like that, aren't they? So it makes it makes sense really that everyone involved was kind of of that of that approach. Also, could I just say upfront when the when the film first started, I, I noticed that the producer was called Franco Cancellieri, and thought he's even got cancel in his name. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a controversial film if he's got cancel in his name. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. They, well, they gave a they gave a um an assistant director role to um um Rosalba Neri because she was basically quite friendly on set and kind of said, well, maybe we should do it like this. So she kind of had, uh, she says in that in that um that documentary, the 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 featurette, that she kind of had a had images that maybe that 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 was her future, that she could be a director, and obviously it didn't really work out because. Of, what actually was happening. Oh, wow. um, yeah, Octavio Lessi was just kind of being quite nice, saying, oh, you really helped me when I was kind of starting out and kind of doing this stuff. Mm. So, yeah. That's really nice. I, 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 just, just, I find a lot of these actors quite interesting because obviously as we went on to big successes of Star of Jelly and sex comedies and stuff, but she also became a producer, didn't she? I think she's still producing TV now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you hear about the, girl, really the woman who played Moody? So... Um, she was Maud Belaroche, and she was a French Great name. singer and performer. But she's notable because she was very active during it. Well, in France during the Nazi occupation. So, oh wow! She actually turned. She actually turned up on a documentary that was done in the two thousands, I think, 
and she talked about her career as a as a singer during Nazi occupied France. That's oh, fascinating. Wow. Which is interesting. <laughs> I'd like to see that. She absolutely. I mean, she's she, ferocious woman. To be fair, like, so I'm not surprised she was taking the Nazis on. Yeah, yeah wouldn't mess with that. Definitely wouldn't mess with that. And on the subject, um, I think of um, was it Roselle Bonieri? Like, yeah. I've seen her. She's in um, a jelly film called The Girl in Two Room Two A. And, and that's the film I've been bloody trying to do for the last year on my podcast, and I haven't fucking got round to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have been well, stuck on this film for ages. Strangely enough as well, she's on. So I have got that indicator Fu Manchu box set. Right. Yeah. And I'm working my way through. I've watched the first three, and the fourth one is Castle of Fu Manchu, and I'm about to watch that, and she's in that as well. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing her in that. I was going to say because you were talking about Jess Franco films a few a few episodes ago, weren't you? And obviously, uh, those few Manchu films, the last two or three, yeah, that's two, yeah, yeah. So that's what. So I'm going to watch start watching those two tomorrow. I think, um, yeah, that's Jess Franco. So yeah, and she was in his 99 Women. Oh, Justine as well. She's. She, I'm just looking at it now. There's there's been a few and um, and like quite a lot of, um, like notable exploitation so like lady frankenstein and a muck as well so she's been yeah. in like quite a lot in quite a short period i think she yeah. like i think um at that point when she was doing top uh when she was in when she, when she was doing top sensation she she i think she kind of did a load of different genre stuff to kind of see if anything would kind of catch and she could like can make a Bit a bit of a name for herself and a bit of a career from it, and I think this kind of fell into that kind of period where it was a bit chaotic, and um, she wanted to, you know, make a name, do some yeah. stuff, you know. She yeah, was she the girl did. with the plan. Absolutely. Really? Oh yeah. She was in Smile Before Death and um, Cold Blooded Beast as well, and I think those are two Giallo uh, thing. Again, not the most popular ones, but um, yeah. And the guy who plays Andro, I've just seen here. He was also in What Have They Done to Your Daughters, which is you know that um, Giallo slash Politioteschi oh, hybrid. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I, that one. Now that I look at his face, I'm pretty sure he's the one who gets like his hand cleaved off by the killer with the meat cleaver. Oh, thank you, Chris, for introducing me to such a classic piece of celluloid. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing says classic. We're the only versions that are left from VHS. <laughs> it's all kind of classic, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get that you. version now, though the shameless version, because I don't have it myself. But after watching yeah. it, I think it's worth adding to my collection. If if only just I, for a curio. I want to see the featurette as well. I think it's probably worth it's getting worth for that. It is worth it. it. There isn't much to it, but there's kind of just a general kind of chat around stuff. It is worth it. Yeah. Um, if you are a fan of this film, please do get in touch and let me know what you think of it and what you thought of our take on it. You can get me on Twitter at Johnny Larkin. Christopher Brown, where can we get you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Orange underscore Monkey. And your Video Nasties podcast, you uh, uh, yeah, coming thick and fast? They're, 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 they're still coming. Um, yeah, so if you if you search in your podcatcher of choice for Video Nasties podcast, um Yep, still doing those. So there's another 20 or 30 odd of uh, the Section 3 list and you can enjoy me currently talking about, um, well, the, the the next one that's coming up is The Thing uh, and oh, the, the various, yeah, 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 John Caps' The Thing's mm. the next one up. And um, yeah, it, it it is what it is. It, 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 so, you just, yeah, did, you just did Pillars, didn't you, Chris? 
Yeah, yeah, I've just uh, yeah, Street Killers this week. So that's better known as Mad Dog Killer, probably, uh, which Beast, is again Beast of, oh, Beast of the Gun. It's kind of a classic. Well, it's a very grim and grimy Italian crime drama. Um, it's it's like a guy goes on a rampage for for ninety minutes. Um, it's a very, it's a very nasty. Every, yeah, it is nasty. I think the thing about the thing about it that always sticks in my mind is that the um. It, it looks very much like a, a standard Italian stuff, but a little bit cheaper and a little bit grittier. So everyone, you know, you, you've got everyone, everyone looks like they normally do in these kind of things, but maybe the face is a little bit off. Mm. So <laughs> um, you know I mean? it's just generally a bit cheaper and generally a bit more unpleasant. And, uh, I would like to see that. I'm trying to, I've been delving more into Euro Crime and Plutio Teschi lately. I've just bought The Climber with Joe D'Alessandro. That's oh, yeah. on its way. That's winging its way to me at the moment. But I watched that Euro Crime, you know, the Euro Crime documentary that came out a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Mm. Um, that's actually on YouTube in its, its entirety. So I watched that last week. So I've sort of had pen in hand writing down titles and things. That yeah, I yeah, totally. But I remember me and you, Chris, we watched uh, we watched The Black Cop Tell like a Man together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great one, that one. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, I want to see more. Uh, Andy, where can we get you? Um, so I'm on Twitter and it's uh, Rackety Esprus. Yes, I know, and no one knows what it means except for me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I do have a podcast going, but as I just mentioned before, I've been doing the same bloody episode for like a year, and I still haven't managed to knock one out. So it's um, it will be coming shortly, hopefully, but I don't know. It's everything's a bit of an effort at the moment with the way the world is. Um, yeah. um, well, well, on the plus side. With the way the world is, there's not really a rush for anything either. Exactly, exactly. So it will it will be out at some point, and I do have a list to go through, but it's just I I just haven't found the time to do it. So, but you know, keep keep watching this space, even, even though I absolutely hate that phrase. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, we'll all we'll always we'll all wait with bated breath for you to knock one out, Andy. Oh, really? um, oh, well, th- well, thank you, thank you. I'll see if I can time so... it at eight o'clock so that everyone's doing their round of applause for the NHS again. <laughs> Clap for Andy. Um, oh God! So there we go. That was great. Thanks again, and we will be back with something sleazy for you before the end of lockdown. <laughs> That's easy enough, isn't it? Fucking hell! Could, could, out in could July. one, one more vague? <laughs> Thanks, boys. Bye. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye. Bye.